What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Chicago Bulls Sports Ethos Coverage Show, Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls Coverage Show. I'm your host, Keith Cork. I'm here with my good buddy and host, uh, co-host here, uh, Trey Hill, and we are breaking down an unfortunate and close second place Bulls loss, 90-94 to to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Going to be a fun rivalry, I think, uh, eventually when when we get all healthy and everything, but um, stung a little bit, Trey. How about you? It definitely stung the Bulls. It it felt like they were staying in the game, even though they were a little outmatched. And there towards the end, you know, they had the lead. And the the Bucks, uh, led by Giannis, just kind of turned it on there towards the end. And it just kind of got away from the Bulls. Uh, good showing, but yes, it. I think because it was such a good showing, that's why it stung so much. It does sting, but you know what doesn't sting is winning at fantasy. And listeners, please take a minute to go follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy dandy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Go follow it now. Uh, but yeah, I, um, you know, the young guys in the Bulls were due for some regression, I think. And uh, unfortunately, it came in this game. I O two for nine from the field. 22% and Kobe White 3 of 15 from the field. Oof. Ow. Uh 0 of 9 from beyond the arc, obviously. Um, you know, can't can't blame these guys too much. It's one game. It's a very good defense they're playing against. Uh, you know, again, I think we all kind of foresaw some kind of regression coming. It's just really unfortunate that it hit both of these guys in one game here. Uh either one of them has a better an average game here, and we might be talking about a victory, right? For sure. Uh Really, if any, either either team, if they could have gotten someone beside their stars to go off, I think it would have been an, an easier victory. It's not very often you see both teams shoot under 40% and under 20% from three. It was just, it was a rock fight. And how the score got all the way up into the 90s, I'm surprised even, just from how, how much of a defensive battle it was. Io, I had in my notes, he passed up quite a few shots. It seemed like he he just wasn't shooting when he was open. Uh, Kobe, he he definitely the percentages look rough, but I thought he had good looks. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't mad at any of the shots he took. A couple of yeah. them they were even they even seemed a little forced because it was late in the clock. He he was attacking. It was he you're not going you know you're not always going to be able to shoot fifty percent from three. You're going to have to have some bad games because those averages come out, but. For me, the concern, if I had to have some concern with the with our two young guys, it was just Io not shooting when he had the open shots. And he'll learn from that. He that He's shown a consistency to learn from his mistakes. Yeah, there was some hesitance to go uh, to go inside, I think, on both of their parts against, you know, Giannis inside, uh, Bobby Portis down there too, you know, just some and, and Chris Middleton. I mean, they're all just long, big bodies. Even Drew Holiday, uh, you know, gets, gets his hand on ball. So, um a lot of outside shots for the Bulls. The Bulls were shot 38 threes. I, bl- I, I don't think I need to look this up to think that that's probably over their season average. They, I know that they're one of the last place teams uh, in the league in, in terms of taking three-pointers. 
So 38 is a lot, and they shot seven of 38, Trey. So 18% from from the three-point land. Um, that's just awful. You're not going to win games like that. But like you said, this was an ugly game, man. This was quite a snore fest. I, I really, it was hard to stay engaged with this game because um, both teams did, just didn't play very well on offense at all. Uh, defense was pretty pretty entertaining to watch, but the, the offensive side was just, uh, gosh, it made me want to hurl. Uh, Buck shot 38%, Bull shot 36.5% in the game. So, um I mean, you know, we can still take good things from this, though, right? I mean, I think Vucevic played well, uh, 19 and 12. He hit that New Year's resolution I have for him. He shot 7 of 17, so not great, but better than most people today. I uh, had a couple blocks, uh, even a big block, I remember. Um, I can't remember who it was, but he, he went up at the ribbon challenge somebody. So I, I love see, I love seeing that. And actually, I was one of the questions I had going into this trade was, who was going to guard Giannis? And I actually thought that Vuce actually did the best job on him when he got chances to guard him. What did you think? I thought Vooch did a really good job, and I thought Cook did an excellent job being, you know, given that he's on a 10-day, it's not like he's someone we expect to be able to guard someone of Giannis's caliber. And he came in and did a real admirable job. He used all of his fouls, you know, as best he could. He even drew, I think, I don't know if, if he ended up, no, because it got uh, challenged and overturned, but he just, he played really good defense on Giannis, I thought. And it was nice to have a body to throw at him because we... You mentioned the length and the size that the Bucks have. That's just not something the Bulls have right now with everybody they have out. Um, I was surprised to see that Bradley didn't get any minutes against this team. Um, but to be fair, it's not like they have Brooke Lopez. So to me, what I took away from it was we didn't have Zach. We didn't have Lonzo. The Bucks. they won the title last year. So to be able to be in this game like we were, to be able to, to grind it out, I think it, it's a testament that the Bulls are contenders. They are a team to be reckoned with come playoff time. And it's they're not going to be, you know, like the Atlanta Hawks of old, where they might have a great record, but come playoff time, you know, they're not going anywhere. The lack of size did kill us. It killed us also, um, you know, they'd be backing it down and, and getting deep into the paint, and we'd have to kind of shade over our defenders, and that would just open up lanes for cutters. And so they had some easy ones. They had some easy baskets. Um, obviously, like I said, you know, they didn't shoot the ball well in general. Uh, but they got the easy shots and they made the shots when they counted. And uh, like you said, towards the end there, um, you know, they fought for loose balls. Uh, Bulls still had a chance, man. Um, had a shot at it. Not necessarily the best shot in the world. I, I think DeMar might want that one back. Um, but you know what? The guy had 35 points tonight, uh, mostly on, on free throws, 17 of 18 from the free throw line. So uh, what would you think of that final shot for the game, Trey? It felt rushed to me. Um, I think that I think the Bulls went into the possession thinking they were going to get a two for one and they tried to back Vooch down Vooch you know Holiday is just you know he's a cement block you're not going to get him anywhere Van Gundy talked about how he Vooch probably should have faced up but I think backing him down and then kicking back out to DeRozan I think DeRozan rushed the shot because he was trying to get a shot up so that way it was before that 24 seconds so that way even if he missed, they wouldn't have to foul. But because of the Vooch back down, it just took too long. It's a fair point. It might have been what he was trying to do, just trying to get a shot off and then uh, hoping the Bulls would have got the ball back. It was about 22 seconds or something like that when they got the rebound. So uh, it was right in that ballpark, uh, right in that range. I think the, the Bulls were down two at that point. And, uh, yeah, I just wish Vooch uh, – I think I, I agree there with you know wanting Vooch to go – um, make a quick move and just turn around and just have a face-up jumper. I think that might have been the best shot we had in that scenario. I think it was a good kick out to DeRozan. Not a three-point shooter, but he's shot it well for the season. 
from three. Uh, and if you would have just caught it cleanly and, and taken a shot, I mean, you know, that's not a bad shot. I would I would have lived with that. But obviously he fumbled it. Um, I thought he probably should have reset. I think there was maybe about 10, eight, nine, ten seconds left on the shot clock. So he had time to really face up. Um, I think it was Giannis was was guarding him at that point and try to get to his, you know, his spot in the mid range and um, and shoot that. So not necessarily the best shot, but, uh, you know, not the worst shot in the world. Um, DeMar is shooting at 35 percent from the three point line this this season, which is his highest mark of his career. The second highest mark is from 2015, 16, where he shot 34 percent. So uh, not a terrible shot, right? No, it definitely wasn't a terrible shot. It's like you said, it's just not the ideal shot. And with this Bulls team, we've gotten so used to them getting such quality looks that it, it's hard to swallow getting not such a such a bad quality look in that situation. But it is what it is. Uh, it's a good learning game for the guys, I think, especially the young guys. I think it was an intense game. I think that's kind of what led to it being such a low scoring. But having that intensity, having that, you know, all, not quite playoff atmosphere, but just, you know, big game feel, That that's that matters and for them to get that experience i think that i think that'll help in the long run one of the big things that kept us in this game was uh free throws for sure and demar drew drew fouls on everybody on the other side of the ball uh, i think every single buck probably committed a foul on demar DeRozan tonight uh and it was nice to see i mean you know when he's getting that call uh he's virtually unstoppable and like you said you know like i said he got 35 points so we see what happens there. Uh, if you're rostering him in fantasy or had his props on Thrive Fantasy, you probably did really well. So, hey, we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit. Up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit. And the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast guest for advice on winners again that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com uh so tonight i had to pick 10 props tray and i got the hook on three of them uh mm. unfortunately my thrive fantasy <laughs> lineups didn't, didn't end up paying out but uh yeah three hooks that's uh that's pretty rough man and one of them was freaking Giannis, who needed 13 rebounds and he had 12 with like three minutes left i was like oh he's getting this he didn't grab a freaking rebound in the last three minutes it was all middleton man middleton was crushing the, the defensive boards uh in that fourth quarter so Oh well, we they, to see they really day. did a great job of mm-hmm. crashing the boards, and the the Bulls picked up uh, a couple fouls there late in the game just from having to try and box people out. Bobby Portis, especially, you know, the former Bull, mm-hmm. seeing seeing him come come through, it hurt a little bit. But I'm I'm happy to see him succeeding. Matt Thomas looked pretty good uh, yeah. shooting the ball. He was the only guy to knock some shots down. And I know we don't normally have a lot of explicit language, but uh, earmuffs, children, fuck Grace and Allen. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, that was dirty, man. Uh, that follow through after the initial contact was just totally unnecessary. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we've seen him do crap like that at Duke. It's just I've never liked the guy. Uh, and this is just, I mean, you, you'd hope he'd grow out of it at this point. You know, you're willing to kind of forget it and forgive it, but at this point, it's like, no, I, I, I hope. I hope bad things happen to Grayson Allen, uh, you know, because uh, I, I just it was just so necessary, right? Yeah, it was a cheap shot. It was a pure cheap shot on you know one of the most beloved guys in the league who just came back. Just what a on brand move for him. And you you want to root for guy. You want to root for redemption stories. 
you want to root for guys to overcome that sort of thing. And I don't remember, like, I remember a couple instances of him just kind of being a dick once he's gotten to the NBA, but nothing quite as egregious as the tripping stuff at Duke. But to, to see that kind yeah, just to see that it's just disappointing. Yeah. And I, I'm glad they kicked him out. I'm glad they moved it to a flagrant two. I'm glad Crusoe uh, asked out shortly after mm-hmm. that. And I was really worried that he had, you know, aggravated something else. But he did come back, uh, wrist taped up, but he did come back and play in the fourth quarter. So it was glad. I'm glad he got back out there. But I, I just needed to say F you, Grayson <laughs> Allen. Yeah, that was a pretty hard fall, man. I definitely gasped a little bit. But uh, like you said, he was able to finish it out. Hopefully, you know, he doesn't have any lingering effects from it. Um, nothing was uh, fractured or, or bruised too badly, but uh, we'll find out soon, I'm sure, in the coming days. But speaking of injuries, obviously, we haven't covered it quite yet on this podcast. Uh, Balonzo Ball, uh, knee injury, torn meniscus, partial tear of his meniscus. Um, according to Woj, he's supposed to be out six to eight weeks. So that was There were some rumors it was going to be like four to six weeks, then it went to six to eight weeks. Um, so just kind of give you guys, just fill in what we exactly know about the uh, procedure. And this is from Casey Johnson earlier today. Uh, Billy Donovan uh, did clarify two things. The six to eight week timeline begins once Ball has the procedure. So once he has the procedure, obviously that's when the six to eight, time, eight week timeline begins. He should be having that here in the coming days pretty soon. Uh, the imaging they've done shows bone bruise and meniscus tear, but they won't know fully about the meniscus until they begin the procedure. So it's kind of it's a little bit up in the air. He could he could be back sooner than that. Uh, hopefully he's you know closer to the six week mark, but he could be out for a couple months here. Um, but I believe Trey, and I haven't looked at the the schedule, but that he's that means he's still going to come back for the final like I don't know ten games or so. I, I'd have to look at the schedule here. Um, but tough blow, man. Right. Yeah, 100% a tough blow. We saw that tonight with just the the lack of quality shots the Bulls were getting. Lonzo's talents at just kind of being that connective tissue for the offense and rotating the ball, getting those, you know, those crisp looks, hitting the cutters. It was missed and especially his size rebounding. Like people forget he's, you know, he's 6'6". He's huge for that point guard spot. And to ha- to not have him out there it it definitely makes a difference because you need size. Caruso, so does, grabbed, Caruso grabbed eight rebounds tonight, but you know that we don't, we don't want to have to depend on a guy that small to have to grab that many boards every night. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he's going to be missed, man. Um, he did, they just look like night and day, um, you know, when he's out there, I think, um, you know, I've mentioned it before that I think that, there are guys that are more important to the team than the Lonzo. I think Kobe or Io or whoever can do a, an admirable job filling in at the point guard position. I think we have enough ball handlers now that it doesn't really matter all that much. But, man, he gets the fast break going. He's looking up the floor. The pace is just incredible when he's in there. The transition buckets, the steals, the defense. Um, there's a lot of things that he brings that we're going to miss. Um, and I did just look at the, the schedule here. If you were to get the procedure done here – by the end of this weekend, uh, and he's out for the full eight weeks, he would still be back for the final 10 games. So um, that'd be about March 23rd or so, and he'd, he'd hit the last 10 games of the season. So hopefully he gets back for, you know, about a dozen or so games, and he still hits a stride here before the uh, playoffs begin. Um, but I did have some uh, some additional info uh, from somebody that I want to pull up here, if I can get to it. Um 
and I'm not sure who this this fella is, but uh, it's at In Street Clothes, and it's Jeff Stotts. It looks like he's operator of InStreetClothes.com, injury analyst for Smart and Rotowire. Uh, but so about meniscus tear is basically saying they're they're like real estate. It's all about location. If the tear occurs in a specific spot, that then it can be repaired. If not, a removal of that tissue basically is the best course of action. Um. And so the fact that it's been described as small hints that it's an outer portion of the meniscus. And that's, you know, so they're they're looking at probably removing some of that meniscus. But here's the here's the little wrinkle that he added that I thought was really good. Ball does have a history here with that same knee, right? He had a same the same procedure done. He had a little bit of a meniscus tear in that knee when he was with the Lakers in, in 2018-19. Uh, he was able to come back for the opening night. So but the problem is if you have multiple meniscus. I hope I'm saying that right, but basically removing that meniscus uh, tissue, it can result in increased risk for future issues like osteoarthritis uh, because the shock absorbing cartilage is no longer present in the joint. So um, so there are things for him to weigh. So, you know, a lot of fans were saying, hey, you should just get this done so you can get back as soon as possible. But he's already had this procedure done. So he's risking something by having it done, but he's also risking something by not having it done because he could risk a full tear also. So uh, I'm guessing you're probably on the side of him getting it done, Trey, but Talk me through, you know, what your thoughts are given this information. I think once they determined that it was a significant enough tear that he was going to miss that much time, you ha- he had to have gotten an opinion on what the likelihood was that it was going to heal on its own. And given that they tried treatments uh, beforehand to try and get that knee feeling better, you have to think that it wasn't very likely that he was going to find a way out of this without having to do something with the meniscus. So to me, obviously I wanted him to get the surgery for my own selfish reasons, Mm -hmm. but you don't want quality of life later on down the line to deteriorate too much. So hopefully he gets this done and it's something that he's able to avoid having issues with further on. He's, He's still pretty young. I don't have his age pulled up in front of me. But you saw this with, like, Dwayne Wade. I'm pretty sure he had to get almost all of his meniscus taken out of one of his knees. And when his athleticism went, it just – it was gone. And so that's probably something that Lonzo Ball is looking at down the line. But for me, I'm – when you're on a – when you're on a contending team, when you have a chance – like, a real chance at, you know, maybe having – championship aspirations i feel like that's the time to make those kinds of decisions because you never know when you're going to be on another you know you're never gonna you never know when you're gonna have another chance at a team like this and i think he knows how special this team is and that's why one of the reasons he wanted to get the surgery uh lanza ball is 24 at about three months so uh, a little bit over 24 years of age uh, still relatively young. Um, the one thing, you know, you got to think about here also just long term for him and something that he has to consider is, you know, what are the, what are my long term career implications here? And like I said, you know, there's risks involved with not getting it done. And there's also risks involved with getting the procedure done. And uh, the osteoarthritis we're talking about there, if he ends up suffering from that later in his career, I mean, he's going to be out of the league, you know, a lot earlier than he should have been probably a few years, probably earlier than he should have been. So um, like I said, you know, he probably had to consider that stuff and it's probably something he talked about with his, I'm sure his father, I'm sure his agents, um, you know, and people that he trusts around him. Um, But I think ultimately, like you said, Trey, um, you know, this is kind of a, 
I wouldn't say once in a lifetime opportunity because I, I still don't think the Bulls are really contenders unless they make a, a big splashy move, which I just don't see it happening. So I don't think the Bulls are contending for this year. I think it might be again next year or the year after. I think you know we're really talking about championship aspirations, and I'm still on that boat. But even so, I do think you know when you're talking about earning money in the NBA and being a player in the NBA and working in the NBA as a basketball player. One thing that you really want to be is is you want to be associated with winning because that's going to raise your market value basically. When a team, say a team has a you know there's a big free 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 agent coming available and teams go for them and they strike out on that free agent, then they start looking at that secondary market and those guys that they're looking at, they're looking at their resumes and they're saying, okay, who's been on a winning organization before? So I think like that imagine are, if, imagine if Caruso became a free agent after this year. The the effect it would have on his value from from last year to this year, just everyone seeing the value he ha- he's given the Bulls and what the Lakers are missing from it. Like, I think that kind of just paints your picture perfectly in terms of the the winning value a player can get. And uh, you know, and the, on the flip side of this though, he's just signed a four year deal, right? Eighty five million dollar contract, four year deal. So he's he's good for a while, and he's he's not playing for a contract necessarily right now. So. Um, but still, this is something you have to consider, you know, if the Bulls are truly contenders uh, or, or, you know, he wants to show out in the playoffs. I mean, people are people are taking notice and they're going to watch that. So I think it does raise your your value a bit. So I think he made the right choice here by having the procedure done so he can come back and, and be with the Bulls in the playoffs. Um, but we'll, we'll see, man. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't have any bad long term effects. Uh, any lost uh, last uh, uh <laughs> thoughts on this game tonight Dre before we drop here <laughs> no um not on this game glad to get this one over with uh the Bulls have a slightly lighter schedule going forward so hopefully they can pick up some W's um good effort good game tonight and on to the next one yeah it was a good effort uh unfortunately they dropped it but no big deal the Bulls are now in second as I said they are a half a game behind the Brooklyn Nets, uh, who did win tonight. The Miami Heat are also a half game behind the Brooklyn Nets. Um, but I believe that he did lose to the Hawks tonight, so that was fortunate for us. But, uh, yeah, we're starting to slip a little bit here. The Bucks move up to a game and a half uh, behind the, the Nets, and they, they are just a game behind the Bulls now. And the Cavs are just two and a half games behind the Nets. So it, it's all bunched up there. Three games behind the Nets are the, uh, are the Sixers. So it's all bunched up there. There's three games separating – the sixth seed from the first seed right now. Um, so, man, the Bulls, uh, they need people back, man. They need people back, and, and they need them back fast. But we do have, luckily, the uh, Orlando Magic next for our next game, if I can get back to the next game. The Magic are next on Sunday at 5 o'clock. Uh, we are going to have Stephen Cameron on tomorrow to discuss that with him, uh, just a little bit of pregame and what we're looking for and what uh, the Magic are looking for. Uh, hopefully the Bulls you know, show up and, and play the way they should. They should have no problem taking care of them. Then we have the Thunder on Monday following that. So Sunday, Monday, it's a back-to-back, uh, and we're going to uh, play pretty uh, not-so-good teams, Trey. So hopefully we can get a couple wins there and then start getting some, getting some bodies back, right? Yeah, that, that I couldn't remember exactly who the teams were, but I knew there were, I remembered that there were a couple very winnable games coming up. So – Let's get back on track. Let's get some guys back. Hopefully, uh, I thought I did see somewhere that uh, rumor has it they think that Zach might be able to come back, you know, maybe sometime next week. So that that's good. You know, the Lonzo news was disappointing, but if we can get Zach back, I'll, that that's a trade-off that I'll take. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely need some Zach Levine back in my life here, man. Uh, he was playing great. Hopefully he keeps that going. But yeah, uh, Billy Donovan said he responded very well to treatment, uh, better than they had hoped, I believe. So um, hopefully that means he is going to come back sooner rather than later. I think he's going to be reevaluated here like relatively soon. I, I'm not exactly sure. I need to look that up. But um, but hopefully, like you said, hopefully he's back soon, man. But uh, that's it, man. That's going to do it for us. Uh, oh, we quickly, before we do sign off, I want to also remind you all to use coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. I'm Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBPKeith. And Trey, where can the people find you? On Twitter at FinalFinally. And please go follow the show, guys, at Ethos Bulls. And please leave us a five-star review out there, especially if you're on iTunes, on your iPhone. Just leave us five stars. Let us tell, tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we're not doing well. Um, help us get noticed. We're it's Our viewership, our downloads, uh, they're growing, man. But we need help there uh, from you guys that are enjoying this show. Or even if you're not, just leave us five stars and tell us we suck. It doesn't matter. Uh, it still helps us grow the show, and then we can get better, too. So uh, until next time, let's go get this W. Go Bulls. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.